I'm Klaus Floride from Dead Kennedys. It's time to blast off into the music universe. Oh, Matt, do you know what Duff McKagan, Billy Joe Armstrong, Dave Grohl, the Circle Jerks, members of Pennywise, Megadeth, The Offspring, and more have in common? They were inspired by the band uh, of whom this guest we have today is a member. Yeah. Dead Kennedys, of course, we're talking about. Yes. 40th anniversary of their seminal album, Fresh Fruit for Rotting Vegetables, has been remixed and it's coming out in September. And uh, you're going to be able to pick this thing up. And uh, we have Klaus Floride, who is the bassist of the band, with us chatting about the inspiration behind the remix and uh, just, you know, kind of their history. So it was a really fun uh, chat with him. And uh, and really informative, too. Very interesting. Yeah. Very, very yeah. interesting so, to hear that. So uh, we, we ask him all kinds of questions and about how this didn't come out two years ago on the actual 40th anniversary. Mm-hmm. Klaus Fluoride, basis of the Dead Kennedys. Welcome to the Music Universe podcast. How are you? I'm, I'm good. I'm as good as you can be. Great. That's awesome. Great. Well, glad to have you here, and we got a lot to talk about. I know you guys are uh, just remixed a 40-year-old record, and I uh, wanted to talk about that and uh, what inspired that. Well, it is probably the most popular record of ours. It's the first one we did, and uh, when we recorded it, we didn't have a whole lot of studio knowledge and wherewithal, and we basically had produced it ourselves. And it ended up sounding really kind of boxy. And mm. uh, so, you know, the time passed, and it's finally time to see with some better ears and more experienced ears of ours and, uh, and the, uh, the remixer Chris, we uh, we decided to to try to make it sound better, but stay the same album basically. Mm-hmm. So, sound um, better? How do you mean sound better? What did you do? What was the goal uh, to get away from that boxiness? We just made it a little fuller. Uh, we, uh, uh, you know, uh, the 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 whole thing was really mid-rangey without getting too technical to everybody. It's just, it was all, it was just, there was a curve that went like that. And Mm -hmm. we made it sort of go like that more. It's uh, Mm -hmm. it's just fuller sounding, Um, you know, but everything's the original recording. It's just that uh, we, and Chris especially knew how to make that sound a little punchier and stuff. So obviously fans that have the original fresh fruit for rotting vegetables will obviously be able to compare the two and tell the like huge difference if they were to play them side by side. Yeah, there's a, I think we have put out someplace or another, a, uh, uh, the original sketch of, of, um, uh, of these mixes with uh, chemical warfare from the album and you can do that online i think uh before if you want to check that out before you go to the album uh the other album is still going to be available to the original mix so we're not saying 
this is all that's available anymore. Right. And obviously when you go to record an album, you don't probably can't even imagine the impact it's going to have. But 40 years later, you've got so much influence in the punk and pop world, including Dave Grohl, who has a piece yeah. inside the booklet. Yep. Yep. Uh, lots of people really like that album. So we're happy with that. When we recorded it, we had a budget of, I think, uh, ten or $12,000, which mm. we had about, we did it for about 9,000 and split the rest of the money and thought that's it. You know, we're going to, we, we did an album, you know, that was our big deal for us. Um, we thought it was a good record, but we didn't know exactly at all what would follow. Right. And it looks like uh, you guys started remixing this before the world went to hell. Yeah, we had just, we'd come up with the, you know, it was supposed to be the 40th anniversary. Uh, the record mm -hmm. was released in 80. And uh, yeah, so it made it difficult to do because for one thing, we couldn't all get in the same room with Chris. Uh, and so um, it was basically Chris sending mixes to Ray and me and us saying, oh, there's a little too much of this, which all, could have all been done per song within an hour in a studio. <laughs> right. But uh, as it is, it, you know, it took days for each thing to, to happen and sometimes longer but you know it uh, it sounds pretty good now and plus the continuity didn't suffer from all the the only thing that suffered was the timeline right and then you guys have previously unseen uh images in their extensive essay and contributions from artists like dave Grohl. we spoke about yeah. what was it like going back and finding those images and just like oh maybe i forgot about that or you know restoring them for this project that's out september 30th it's uh it was fun it's the funny thing is that uh, thanks to the internet there's pictures all over of us that are surfacing that we, you know, it was a learning thing for us. We were just searching around the things and found, found lots of pictures from back in the era and everything in between. And so, and at the time, I mean, we didn't even have our picture on the record, the mm. first record, uh, the, the fresh fruit, the first release of it. None of the releases uh, had our images on them. So, uh, now, now, it, now it can be told. It's <laughs> <laughs> great. Was there a, was there an image or a story going through all of that history that sort of stood out to you and surprised you the most to find again? I tell you, I don't have it in front of me right now, so I can't point out a specific image. Okay. So, so not, not off the top of my head. No. Uh, people that know you know that the history of the band, you know, you guys came from uh, San Francisco's punk scene. How, the, the, your evolution, uh, I want to talk about that, your evolution and being involved throughout history, you know, you've played and co-wrote on all the records. The themes of your albums, you know, capitalism, fascism, 
uh, affluence and all that. How are they relevant in today's world when you guys wrote them? Well, unfortunately, uh, the album and the albums still have a lot of relevancy. (laughs) And uh, that's sort of a, uh, a happy problem for us uh, as far as our the songs and the songs also uh, were good songs in that they held up musically too. Um, the the social impact and the political impact of what was going on in the world uh, definitely came through in the lyrics. And the lyrics are uh, mostly Biafra lyrics. Uh, there's some that that things that were changed and stuff, and we even changed uh, California Uber, California Uberellas for the uh, for the uh, In God We Trust uh, Incorporated album, which was which became We've Got a Bigger Problem Now. So um, it's it's just a, a weird thing that that it was topical at the time, but it wasn't so topical as to be stuck in a certain date. Mm-hmm. And would you, in the writing processes, would you start with that topicality and the message you want to get across or would it, or did the music always come first? Uh, the music happens sometimes with jams and then Biafra might pull out a lyric sheet and try and sing something on top of it. Sometimes Biafra would come in with a sketch for a song uh, with the basic structure of what he wants for the music sometimes. Uh, I mean, so it was an organic thing. The most organic of all the songs was uh, Holiday in Cambodia, was literally put together from when we first we're hanging out, Biafra and Ray and myself in, in Ray's living room uh, mm. with acoustics and stuff like that. We sort of came up with like uh, I was doing something that I wanted to sound Velvet Underground-y on the bass drone type thing. And and uh, and I sort of mixed that in with a Led Zeppelin thing. So take two influences, mix them together, and then that was the starting riff for the song. And then, you know, Ray's space surf rockabilly sort of stuff that he does with his echoplex and things. Uh, it just all sort of worked together. But first we didn't even have the echoplex in the room, you know, so. <laughs> it, yeah, uh, I, I, I've heard those machines in that day were just massive, right? Well, an echoplex wasn't massive. It was about, um, it was about, uh, say, maybe 10, 10 inches by six mm-hmm. inches or seven or eight inches, something like that. You know, it was a box, mm-hmm. but it was, uh, it had, being that it had so many moving parts, <laughs> it was a tape machine with a bunch of different heads along the way. And each time a, it would record something and then each of the heads would be one of the echoes and you could, you could control that let's say and now it can be done digitally all basically just as well um so 
that, that wasn't massive. The tape recorders themselves were, were and still are massive at times. Yeah. <laughs> and, and but not you... as massive as this record. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> and do you prefer the old school type, you know, analog recording to digital? Um, originally I did. Um, I, and I'm more comfortable recording in an analog world. Uh, but digital uh, lends itself to editing and, and gives you freedom of endless tracks you can use before having to erase a track. So it can hurry things up editing. It can slow things down as far as uh, you have almost too many choices. Mm -hmm. But, uh, but I think, I mean, people argue that the digital isn't as warm as the analog. And a lot of the times I've been in situations where record to analog first and then transfer it to digital to uh, to uh, either add more tracks or be able to edit better. But I don't think it loses any of the warmth. Uh, when uh, getting technical again, you can hit analog tape really hard and it, and it makes a warm sort of uh, harmonic, if any, distortion. Mm -hmm. uh, digital doesn't, isn't as forgiving as analog is. Uh, if you if you mistreat it, yeah, very true. Um, and before we let you go, I do want to talk a little more about your influence. What? How does it feel for you to just have that influence over, like Billy Joe Armstrong and Dave Grohl, and just all these guys that are massive rock stars now? It's hard to wrap my head around it sometimes. You know, I I don't think of myself as a rock star, for instance, more <laughs> of an asteroid. <laughs> uh, with with the emphasis on ass probably but i mean <laughs> uh, it's, so it's hard to it's hard to uh, you know think that you know i mean i don't hang with dave grohl and i don't hang with billy Armstrong and stuff like that uh, uh i don't know how that would be uh so so it's like <laughs> a, a different world but i mean like, like i uh, you know, we had a lot of influence by, you know, Ray, Scotty Moore, you know, for Ray and stuff like that. And, and if he was still alive, how would you feel, Scotty, about that you influenced the Dead Kennedys? You'd probably get annoyed, actually. But, uh, <laughs> no, I, I, uh, I think it's, it's an interesting phenomenon for sure. Yeah, wonderful. Well, is there anything else um, that you want, we didn't talk about that you wanted to add about it? Not a thing. I think we covered all the territory. This was fun. Yeah. This was fun to dive into it with you, sir. Thank you so much. Well, thank you. Uh, right. Good to be here. That was Well, you know, it's the band's classic and iconic punk debut. And, you know, it, it's great that it gets the... Um, remaster treatment because uh, you get to just relive the memories and of, of recording it and you get to turn it around into something and compare it to the original because i'm sure there's a lot of bands out there who wish they could remix stuff and maybe they just don't or have the reasons that they don't but to have a fresh mix of it and it be out uh you know it's coming um september 30th it'll be released 
via Manifesto Records. And uh, Chris Lord Algae, he's one who actually uh, remixed it. So uh, it should be a great listen. And uh, sure fans out there on Twitter and Reddit and everywhere will be giving their two cents about uh, the, the comparisons. All right. I can't wait to listen to it. For the Music Universe, I'm the Fresh Fruit, Matt Bailey. And um, Buddy holding things down on the news side of things. So be sure to check us out at themusicuniverse.com and be sure to hit like, subscribe, and share on social media and uh, follow us. It's always free wherever you can get us at uh, tmupod.com. Take care. You were supposed to say you're the rotting vegetable. See you later.